You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 292 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? How are you coping with quarantine life? Yeah, yeah, I'm going perfectly fine. I made some scones the other day for the first time ever. I just... I cannot believe the transformation that's going on with friends and family members that like, you know, doing stuff like I never, ever thought. I, I think I actually sent you a message going, are you okay? You did. When I yes, saw you that. Did. Are you okay? Because I'm worried about yeah. your mental health. Yeah. You made scones. This is like next level. Um, ha- did you have all the ingredients in the cupboard? Yeah, well, no, I had um, pre-planned it. Okay. So they, they'd been purchased. Yeah. Um, and also uh, our mutual friend Kylie, she messaged me, why? And then I said, oh, you know, just because. And she went, are you okay? <laughs> See, we all know you so well. But, you know, this is the scones, uh, the first thing. And uh, hang on. So for our North American listeners, I think they're kind of similar to biscuits. We've had this whole conversation yeah, before. Biscuits. Like biscuits. So it's, uh, uh, But uh, it's one of the first things you learn in um, high school when you do um, home economics. You, you learn to make scones. Did you do that in high school? No, we didn't have home economics. You didn't have home economics at the fancy private school. See, we we got taught at my high school (laughs) these little really good like life skills, like you know, baking and sewing. Did you learn sewing at the school? I did do six months of it. That's good. Mm. But and how were the scones, Val? How did they taste? They were so yum. Yeah. 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 And I was going to take a photo, but I ate them all. (laughs) <laughs> really? I forgot. Amazing. So what's next on the uh, Valerie Koo list of uh, baking um, achievements? Oh, what do you want to do know. next? That's probably enough go next for the le- year. That's it? You need <laughs> to have a little know. rest? <laughs> I had a craving, so I wanted them. And then on, um, I had a craving for Easter eggs. Yeah. And I went to the supermarket and they'd sold out. Yeah. So that was, you know, um, I was too late. Uh, but apart from that, what have I been doing? I've been adapting really well to life in isolation because um, it's like not that much different to my normal yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just spend less time in the car yeah. and so I'm able to do more things. Yeah. And I've been really absorbing myself, immersing myself in Adobe Creative Suite. Yes, amazing. Creative Cloud. Yep. And doing lots of things in that and watching tutorials and um 
just seeing what people do with all of the different um, apps. Mm. And um, it's been really fun. So that's been what I've been doing. And lately I've been focusing on Illustrator just to see what Illustrator can do. Yeah, it's an amazing tool. What have you been up to? So pretty much the same. So it's taken me a little while, but I've now finally um, got my routine back in order and, uh, you know, getting into uh, a lot of – creating tutorials or working on my own photography but just getting that whole routine where I wake up get ready for the day you know and also making sure that I space out the day with things like exercise and um, getting sunshine I was just outside now for about half an hour because it's a beautiful autumn day here uh, and getting some sunshine eating well all of those things and just making sure that I'm you know reading good stuff watching good stuff and uh Mm. only kind of and and keeping in touch with friends and doing all of that and so kind of uh that's uh really working for me it's uh probably felt the best i've felt uh since quarantine starts and i think that routine has uh been so important and what i love val is seeing uh, everyone in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook community who has risen to these challenges that have been, that we've been um, uh, creating each week. And uh, mm. some of the work has been amazing. You, it's so entertaining and it's so great to see yeah. people stepping out of their, their comfort zones. This when this time is like a time like you'll you, you'll never get this opportunity again to have this much time to where you won't have to commute to work where you've got that little bit of extra time where you can really take the opportunity to take your photography to the next level and you've got the time to just go how does this work and I, and, and like when 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 you try something new Val it's not perfect is it there's that that there's always an ugly start where you go I don't understand what all this means, but you push through and you go, wait a minute, let me watch that again. Let me listen to that again. Right. And sometimes it might take me three or four listens or three or four watches before I get it. And then it's the watching, listening and the doing that you learn how to do it. And so I think everyone who has participated in these challenges has learned so much coming out. They go, all right, I know what I did wrong this first time. Next time when I do it, I'll, I'll just change that camera angle or I'll use a slightly different lighting. And so, you know, um, just really encourage you all to have a go and uh do share it in the uh the facebook group when whatever the challenge is and let us know we'd love to see it yeah absolutely and uh last week we spoke about the photo challenge that lots of people were doing uh who are in the community and by the way if you're new to this podcast then head on over to facebook and search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community Uh, and request to join we'd love to have you in there because there's lots of photographers from different walks of life with different interests and it's so great to see what people photograph and what they're into from all over the world so one of the challenges that Gina issued was a composite challenge where you took a photo of yourself or of someone else um, in a particular setting but then uh, take the same photo I mean using the same setting lock off your camera and using the same setting put yourself in different positions and last week um, which you'll see in the show notes there were some of our favorites were in there really really good shots in different scenarios and situations and you know they just keep on rolling in Mm. so we'll put more in this week's show notes which of course you can find at ginamilitia.com but there's one of Brian Becknell 
um, not of, that's done by Brian Becknell. And he has taken a photo of his husband who has who is in four different positions yeah. um, on on in a cocktail party scene, just playing four different characters in different outfits, doing different things. One's talking to the other, one's showing something on their phone, one's, you know, just casually observing. And I, I assume this is of their lounge room, yeah. their living room. And it's just a fantastic shot. So, so clever. Um there's also one uh, by Ronald Fritz where he's got a photo. It's, 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 um, it looks like his kitchen table yeah. or a desk and he's looking at a couple of monitors very intently. But then there's another version of him with a beanie and a hoodie looking over the original person's shoulder holding a, b- a bottle of wine yeah. and yet another one with a baseball cap in also different outfits peering into one of the screens. So that's a great shot as well. You can have a look at it at so much, um, Like I love it where they've gone to the trouble of changing outfits for each yes. different character and then also like, you know, in um, with Brian uh, Becknell's husband there, he, he's just adopted mm. that whole like he's he's got the he's got the shy, awkward character on the side, yes. the, the couple that are engaged in a discussion and then the, the one who's just kind of uh, leaning back, taking it all in and everyone in a different outfit. And this is, you know, get the kids involved because like, you know, you've, you've, you've got to do homeschooling now if you've got like a this is something I reckon teenagers would be into if they saw the end result or and even the little ones uh because you know we've seen a lot of that where families have been involved as well so yeah great stuff (laughs) yeah really good and also uh another one is from Danette Zach Oh, she's just fantastic. She has a photo. Uh, she's done a composite of herself in her kitchen and she is making something mm. with the KitchenAid. But there's one of her uh, beating something in a mixing bowl, but another one of her um, working the KitchenAid, another one of her by the sink um measuring something in a measuring cup and they're all comped into the same photo. This I this could keep me amused for oh, forever, months, forever. And also the fact yeah. that she's lit this uh, using her Yongnuo and a softbox, mm. so taking it next level. Now, Danny's a, um, a gold member, but, like, her day job is she and her uh, partner uh, drive trucks across the state. So yeah. she's currently on the front lines, people, and um, not only is she uh, – you know, recording what she sees on the road. Like her blog's amazing. Like I love seeing uh, her perspective of life because it's like I'm not a truck driver, so I'm fascinated by what goes on. And she, what she does is on these long hours where they're, they're you know, hauling across country, she's there with a, a Lightroom set up on her iPad uh, and she's uh, she edits her images. And then when she gets a day off, she turns around and sets up this shot and does it. So it's just like, mm. you know, much respect, Danny. I'm so impressed yeah. with this photo and finding the time Fantastic. to really invest in your um you know invest in your photography and it's just like kicking off it's going great guns absolutely love it absolutely love it so also we have um on that facebook group every week we feature a different cover photo and we pick a um different cover photo so the gold cover photographer for this week is lucy valentine now lucy picked up her first camera three years ago and it's you know she's turned her hobby her passion into her hobby into a business and she concentrates on headshots 
family photography um, and volunteers as a team photographer for her son's track and cross-country teams. Now, Lucy joined the Gold community last year and has been begun to master lots of different elements of flash photography because Gina just explains it in such a clear and simple way. And tell us about her photo, Gina. Yeah, so this is a beautiful portrait she, of a, um, a young girl with a horse, uh, you know, cuddling in together, ears up, everyone's alert, lovely, gorgeous, airy feel to it. And, and this is kind of... Um, uh, Lucy's signature style, uh, you know, l- lovely, light and airy. She's got a really beautiful way of connecting with her subjects and really bringing life into her shot. So her portrait photography has just gone next level. I've loved watching her grow and particularly, um, you know, we did some intensive work on uh, getting her up to speed with lighting and she just nailed that. And now she's out doing um, lots of uh, family portrait shoots and uh, busier than ever. So good on you, Lucy. Congratulations on a beautiful cover yeah brilliant Uh, and if you want to find out a bit more about the gold community have a listen to this this podcast is brought to you by the gold community if you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the gold community over at ginamilitia.com i asked eva swagger why she joined and then all of a sudden I, I noticed there is this community and tutorials and uh, individual questions and, and um, sounded like, oh, this is really exciting. Um, it has fulfilled my expectations and beyond because uh, it's an enormous source of, of, uh, of resources, of, of tutorials, of, of knowledge, experience. It's, it's always a personal touch, a bit of a humor. Um, it's um, yeah, it's just great. <laughs> the major change is uh, portraits. I thought this is nothing for me because well, how do I dare to think about taking portraits of people? Who am I <laughs> doing that? But the more I, I see and I learn about it, and the more I see other members uh, first struggling and then um, uh, progressing, it's so in- inspiring. Oh, certainly, I would recommend it. It's worth every penny. <laughs> if you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, now before we get on to this week's topic, which is really cool, trick photography <laughs> for beginners, enthusiasts and pros, we have a question that uh, someone asked in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group, and it's from David Lloyd. And so David says, hi, amazing people. Hope you're doing okay in these crazy times. I'm in need of some advice starting my photography business. I'm passionate in both underwater and landscape photography. However, I have dabbled in wedding photography and really like the crazy nature of this type of work. I'm struggling with the business name as I don't want to put myself out there as a jack of all and master of none. I have a background in web design, so no issues with creating multiple websites. I would love to know people's opinions in separating my work into two brands. Tales by the Sea is the name for underwater and landscapes, mostly seascapes, and David Lloyd Photography for weddings and events. Oh, and I also do fine art imaging and printing for artists. I'd really appreciate some opinions as I'm sure plenty of people here have had this same problem at one stage. I've also attached some of my work so I can that I, so that I can um, try to paint a better picture of things and you'll find that of course um, in the Facebook group. 
All right, so David, that is a really good question because you're in a unique position. Now, the reality is, well, I think my first question has to be, which one are you going to um, get money from? And is that important to you? If it's not important for you to get money, then go for it, do what you like, you know, it doesn't matter. (laughs) If you're doing it for, you know, just purely for a creative, um, for creative expression, you know, both weddings and underwater and landscapes, then do what you like. But if you are wanting to earn money from either of these things, then yes, you do need to be a little bit more strategic about it. And I would definitely think that um, David Lloyd Photography is a good umbrella branding Now, I know that you say that you have a background in web design, so no issues in creating multiple websites, but I would say my opinion is to start off with the umbrella branding of David Lloyd Photography because that can encapsulate both weddings and events as well as have a section for underwater and landscapes, which you can still brand the Tales by the Sea series or the Tales Mm. by the Sea collection Mm. um, by David Lloyd. And you can even... Um, so so you, the primary thing featured on your website, I think, should be the thing that you want to make money from, which I'm assuming is – or the thing you're most likely to make money from, which I'm assuming is the weddings and events. And you have it as your umbrella brand. You have a section with it called the Tales by the Sea you know, collection or series or project or whatever. Um, and you can still – have a sub brand in a sense um, by, for example, if you purchase the domain name talesbythesea.com, if it's that's not taken, then talesbythesea.com or talesbythesea, you know, series.com, talesbythesea.project.com, whatever, right? You can still get the domain name and point it to that particular page on the David Lloyd Photography website. Mm-hmm. So to give you an example, my website is ValerieKoo.com, but I, um, in the past and now (laughs) very much in the Spanish-speaking world of all places, um, I have a brand called Power Stories because that is the name of my book and I used to have a separate website called PowerStoriesBook.com. But as I'm about to explain to you, having multiple websites, even if you have a background in creating them, is just feeding two beasts there's two things you actually double your work in ongoing because there's two things you need to look after two things that you need to make sure are up to date two things that you need to feed and and add new content to because google likes dynamic content and um, up-to-date websites so i decided to let go of powerstoriesbook.com however i still own the url and because many people in the spanish-speaking world are still (laughs) using it uh I still have it and it directs to a page on ValerieKoo.com. So I still have that brand, but it's under my umbrella brand of Valerie Koo. Um, so I hope that makes sense. Personally, even though you think that um, creating two websites is is easy and no doubt it is for you, I do believe that feeding two beasts is um, something that it will wear you out or something that will is is more open to things breaking and i don't mean technically breaking i mean you'll forget to update that email address there you'll forget to check that that link works mm. there that kind of thing um so yeah that's my my take on that I'm not sure if that's what you want to hear david but that's my take on it 
I think that's fantastic advice, Val. And I think um, just I would add to that that um, you've got you talk about this love of underwater and landscape photography. But you're passionate about those. They're going to become for now while you're growing your business. Keep those as the 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 hobby stuff that you do. Focus on the weddings and portraits. That's going to be upfront in your website, and then. Um, the underwater and landscape is what you do on a Saturday or Sunday to unwind just for the love of it because there's a different approach when you're doing the um, the weddings and, and portraits because they're all about a business and making money if that's what you're up for. And then what will happen hopefully is eventually as your, your name gets out there and you get bigger and bigger, maybe you can let some of the wedding and portrait work go and build on the other stuff, you know, the, 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 the love stuff because when you do the stuff for love it really has a completely different energy about it and a look because you're constantly working on it you're constantly in love with it and you know landscape and and uh, underwater is stuff that t- takes time and investment and um you know I, I, I that that would be my advice as well so you don't burn out trying to keep all three going and trying to grow mm. all three businesses at once does that make sense Yeah, definitely. Because if, for example, that you get so busy with the wedding photography that you don't have time to do some of the landscape and water stuff and you you don't add to your website for months and months and months, if it's a subsection of your current website, it doesn't matter in a Mm. sense. Um, It doesn't look like you're really dormant in that area. I would also add that with the fine art imaging and printing for artists, that makes perfect sense for you to have that under the David Lloyd photography umbrella and under the same website. Again, it's another section as well. And um, people who are looking for fine art imaging and printing or artists who are looking for that, um, you know, they know who to go to and I don't think that they mind that it's it, that it's not a whole separate site just dedicated to fine art imaging and printing. There are quite a number of photographers out there who, who offer this as well and it's part of their, their larger offering. And finally, Val, because I've just thought of this, there's no reason why, David, you can't combine those three loves. So if you are a great underwater photographer, why not do underwater portrait photography, which is a big deal at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's if you if you've got an understanding of that and you can get it done, you can get some spectacular underwater images. And I've seen underwater bridal photography and underwater portraits, and they look amazing. They just look surreal and beautiful beautiful and if you are a great landscape photographer then use that knowledge and place your uh, wedding um, couples in those beautiful landscapes because that is the Mm. difference the photographers that can do that that can draw on their past experience and knowledge of landscape and lighting and place those figures beautifully in a scene just takes those images to the next level because people are looking through your website and they're seeing these surreal underwater images and they're seeing these surreal landscape uh, portraits and also more traditional uh, wedding work but that could be your point of difference day so you've got like a great opportunity to really make something create something beautiful and being a graphic designer then you've got all the other advantages of being able to you know pick nice font and and do all of that stuff that 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 just takes the website to the next level so good luck with that Mm, good luck I can't wait to see what you end up doing all right so let's move on to trick photography (laughs) <laughs> this is a cracker of an episode. So 
You explain, Gina, I've what we're going to talk about. I've had the best time this I week. I can so, tell. So, so you don't know this about me, Val, but like mm-hmm. I, I, I found this. Um, I was cleaning out my shelves, right, and I found this very old book uh, in the back of the shelves that teaches you how to levitate. Oh my goodness! So I thought I've got some time. Mm. You're learning um, InDesign and all these other softwares, right? I I can learn a new skill, so I'm going to learn how to levitate. So I read the book (laughs) and, uh, you know, you've got to place yourself in the right mindset and uh, I I created levitation images. So I can make myself levitate, I can levitate food, and I can levitate um, products now, Val. And so um, <laughs> I'm going to teach you all how to do it. Now, this on. is, it looks hard, guys, but like with the um, all the challenges I'm giving you, it's not. It's just a matter of have a go. It's so much fun. And I know there are so many of you that are now um, homeschooling the kids and possibly looking for ways like that you can entertain them and I'm hoping that you can get the uh, whole family in on this and maybe create some amazing uh, images the only limit is your imagination and these techniques will give your um, can be used to like add a surreal look to your portraits or also add life to product shots, food shots, mm. and a lot of the techniques that I've used in these levitating shots are actually the techniques that I use in a lot of the, my cover photos and a lot of the um, you know publicity shots that I do for TV networks. And these mm. are the things that I do to add life to the image and take them next level. And so if you can do them on yourself, the other thing is learning how to direct yourself and to not feel foolish in front of the camera, which because if you're doing these as self-portraits, it's a matter of setting up the camera, learning how to use remote apps and things like that. But it takes you out of your head and gets you comfortable with the idea of posing. And so when it, when we're all out of this quarantine, hopefully soon, you'll be in a much better position to be able to know how to direct people confidently. So these are all little great skills that you can use. And so, as I say, you're only limited by uh, probably how nimble you are, how, 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 how fit you are. But I, I will say at the outset, so this does involve um, maybe getting up on ladders or getting up on tables and balancing. So please, 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 please be careful and don't do anything silly. I don't want to hear about anyone, you know, falling and, and um, you know, injuring themselves. So just just don't, don't go too far with this and don't go beyond ask, your limitations. Why, why do you have a book on levitation in your house? Doesn't everyone, Val? Okay. <laughs> Doesn't everyone. The great art of levitating. So... How do we how do we do this? All right. So, again, the equipment you need. Um, and uh, so, do you want to describe this uh, first image, Val, of the okay. levitation? Yeah. So you can um, have a look at the images if you want to follow along over at GinaMilitia.com. And there's a photo that Gina has taken of herself in her house. Uh, you know, there's some wooden floorboards, and she is sitting reading her book on levitation, um, cross-legged, on a magic carpet, Mm. which is about 1.2 metres off the floor. (laughs) So she looks like she's Aladdin, 
Mm. <laughs> and um, she is uh, levitating off the floor, uh, riding on this magic carpet. And there are multiple uh, old school cameras, um, retro cameras, f- also levitating, floating around her. So it's a bit bizarre. It's something that you would see, you know, in a Harry Potter movie. Mm. Uh, but go for it, Gina. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I call double levitation, Val. It's, that's okay. like next level levitation. So, it's you know, it's hard to just levitate your own physical body, but to get like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 12 cameras levitating, that takes uh, quite a bit of practice, okay? So that's next level stuff. But... I'm going to share everything today, Val, so that all of you will be levitating. So what you need, guys, is a sturdy tripod. Now, this is important because what we're doing is we're taking multiple images and we're combining them in Photoshop. That's the trick, basically. So it is really important that you have a sturdy tripod. Now, if you don't happen to have one and then a bit hard to come by, it's not like we can all go down the shop and buy a tripod. So um, what you can do is if you happen to have like a bean bag in the house or um, even a, a like a bag of rice or something soft that you can sort of get your camera and sort of squish it into. That'll and and maybe then you can pop your camera onto a stack of books or something to get it at the right height. That 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 will be a stopgap. That's a a good way if you don't have a tripod for this particular challenge. But a tripod is very very handy. Obviously, you need a, a digital camera. And you need something like a stepladder or a table that you can balance on comfortably. So nothing, please don't get the rickety ladders out or the rickety tables. Make sure that it will comfortably take your body weight. That is very important. And uh, just make sure that your, you know, everything is uh, stable. That's enough of my, uh, all, all my warnings, but I just wanted to okay. get that out there. The if you're doing this as a selfie uh, and you're taking your own photos, so it's really good that if you, you, you'll need a camera trigger, something that you can trigger the camera remotely mm. or something, uh, an app. So there are a lot of cameras that were in, um, that have come out, say, in the last four years are all able to be um, connected to a smartphone and you can then use the smartphone to um to work the camera, which is fantastic. And so this is perfect for doing selfies. And the other thing you need is Photoshop. If you don't have a camera trigger, what you can do is you can set the camera to timer. So you've got the option, you can set it to um, go off in two seconds or 10 seconds, or you can change the amount of time, but that's good. So what you do is you run over, press the shutter, it'll take 10 seconds. You can run back to your position, get into position, it'll take a shot. A bit more tedious, but that is a, another stopgap if you don't have the, the trigger or the app, all right? So Mm -hmm. that's the equipment that you need now the technique so what you want to do is the first thing you want to do is think about the kind of shot you want to do so I decided that I wanted to go for something Aladdin-y for this shot (laughs) and uh, so I used uh, I I needed a set so what I've just done is that that's the corner of my office it's nice and empty there's there's like limited stuff in there I've got like a couple of pictures on the wall and then I've got a table in the corner there's some flowers there but I just wanted to have uh, some kind of set there in the corner so it's just 
just something simple, not too complicated, not too cluttered is going to make it a lot easier. Um, but you also need um, stuff in the room that is going to give it a sense of scale and perspective so that, it, yeah. you know, because if you just had yourself floating against a white wall, it doesn't make as much sense. You need, you need those little uh, visual cues to say, oh, this person's floating. So that's why I've, I've added those props and then I actually change those. Now, um, the book was actually uh, not a levitation book like you see in the show notes, but it was actually, it's a, it's a, um, a Leica manual that I had. I've just changed the wording oh. on the front of it. So there you go. It's the first secret away. So okay. what I've done, so the first step is you need to work out the position that you want to go in. Now, the, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to create an image and please can someone do this in the um, podcast group is listening to this podcast. Um, I wanted to do an image where I was floating in the sky and you know, the, um, the, the photo that's on the sister, the painting that's on the Sistine Chapel, it's Michelangelo's. I think it's the large judgment where the two hands are coming in towards each other. You know, that really right, famous yeah. one. Yes. I wanted to create myself flying uh, up high in the in the in the roof and like with my feet up high in the sky head pointing down and reaching out towards myself another version of myself <laughs> reaching up towards me that's what I wanted to do but I've got a yoga injury valve and I could not for the life of me get my back legs up high oh. enough and I'm like I'm on my own here. If I fall off this ladder, it's not going to be good. So I kind of, I chickened out, but please can okay. someone do it? <laughs> so, so there's all sorts of things you can, so you want to think about how do you want to be seen? Do you, so, um, do I want to be floating and sitting? Do I want to be floating so I'm flat and it looks like I'm flying? So think about that. And then you need to think about the props that you can use. So mine, uh, I've got a, um, a little side table that I got out, which was really comfortable to sit on and I could sit on that cross-legged so what I've done is I've set up my camera I've framed up my shot so I made sure that like th this is what I want in the frame and then I've positioned myself in the part of the frame that I want to be in and I'm um, I will then take a focus on my eyes that's most important once I've got the focus right. and I did that using the remote trigger I made sure that the focus was on over my eyes so that's nice and sharp and it, just for safety if you want to do this sort of thing then maybe you want to stick not try a shallow depth of field for the first one that you do go with a deeper one stick around like f5.6 uh, and use a slightly wider lens and then you're going to have a much um, larger area that you that will be in focus and a, a lot easier to work in that way and then if as you get better you can drop down and have a, maybe have a shallow uh, depth of field so that that's my advice starting out so once I'm in position once I've got myself uh, set up and I've taken a test shot and I know that my eyes are sharp I turn off the autofocus valve okay right. so I've got my focus first and that is now that is setting the focus now that I've turned the autofocus off, it means that every other image I take from now on is going to have exactly the same focus point, basically where my eyes are. And I can just keep taking images no matter where I want, 
position stuff in the frame, whatever I want, it's all going to be based on that original first file that I took. So the camera's not going to be looking for focus for every different shot and you're going to get exactly the same frame with exactly the same focal plane in each shot. That is absolutely crucial. So that's the first step, okay? Mm. Now... What you want to do when you're taking your first image, so there I am on the table and I just did a variety of shots where I'm holding the book up, I'm pretending I'm um, engaged with the levitating, I'm, you know, <laughs> doing stuff like, oh, wow. I think I even had a, turned a fan on for some of them, um, <laughs> you know, d doing things like that to get that sort of flowing look. But that's what you do. Now, another thing that you want to be mindful of um, and uh, it's hidden because I put a, a magic carpet under my butt. But where I was sitting on the table, the bit where my bottom hits the table, instead of being round, it goes flat because you're sitting down. Yeah. So these are yeah. the little things that you want to watch out for because they're the giveaways that you actually had something under you. So if you're going to be doing a shot of yourself where you're lying on a table, say lying on your tummy on a table, um, what you want to do is where you lie and you put your weight down, that whole part of your body is going to appear flat, right? right so what yes. you want to do, what I've seen is a workaround or people lie across uh, the top of a ladder or something like that, that wear a, um, a flowing jacket so that you can hang the jacket over the edge and that hides the, the telltale line of the fact that you're leaning on something. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, that makes okay. sense. Okay, so wear, like, wear flowing clothes that cover any mm. edge lines. That's really important. So um, that's a good idea. So basically I just took a whole series of images, played around, uh, had a good look at those, uh, made sure I was happy with those. And then the second frame, then the next thing you do is you move the table or the ladder out of the shot and just take a shot of the room set. Okay, yep. just a blank yep. frame. Okay, and then what you do is if you're just going to do something simple like that, you take the um, room set image and the, and the selected image and you open those as layers in Photoshop and very similar to how we did the um, compositing for the selfie project that everyone's mm. doing, um, you just create a layer mask and basically rub out the table or the ladder that's underneath you and it'll be re it'll reveal the layer underneath which is the the ah. clean set and so you rub yourself rub out the ladder and then suddenly voila it appears like you're floating okay Fantastic. so that's the very sim that's you know if it's the first time you're doing it give it a go just like do it as basic as that and you know again you can do the dog levitating which could be really cute, you know, with his ears up. You could have all your pets in the room levitating around. It would be so cool. And then you could have um, dog treats hanging around them. Like there's yeah. so many things you could do. It could um, keep you amused for hours. Oh, hours and hours. So what I did is to, to take my next level, I actually added a, a flying carpet under me. And so I tried to do this in camera with the flying carpet, but I couldn't get the angle right. And I didn't happen to have the proper flying carpet on hand. So I ended up just uh, downloading 
an image of a, a flying carpet and put it uh, putting it under me and I think that just added another little like sense of uh, sort of magic and fun now the way I got all those cameras um, flying in the shot is what I did mm. and you can see this in the show notes is I attached uh, the camera to the, a light stand all right and I just screwed it into the top and what I've done is I've got the remote trigger in my hand the camera is still set up to uh, the same settings and I've just gone around the room and taken heaps and heaps of shots of this camera at all different angles close to the camera further away from the camera all over the frame and then what you do is you just uh combine all of those um, images into Photoshop again and just mask in the, the little cameras that you want. And so what you've got is the ones that are closest to the camera are going to be slightly out of focus. The ones that are in line with me are going to be sharp and then they drop out of focus to the end and you've got this uh, dynamic looking scene. And if you want to add just a, uh, a bit more realism to those, what you can do is just add a bit of motion blur in Photoshop just to make them look like they actually are flying. Mm. Awesome. That's oh, so cool. And the other it's thing is... I also changed the the poster that was on the on the back wall yes, to a so levitating. Yes, so there was in Gina's um, <laughs> regular house. There's a photo of a Fellini poster, a Fellini movie, and she's um, superimposed a photo of a magician levitating yeah. someone in Victorian times. Just just to add to the thing, and then I've also yes. sort of thought about the colours because the magic carpet that I had that I downloaded was green and blue. I changed it to red because I just could picked up on the red in the book and the, mm. there's like a red painting on the wall. So like little things like that just to all bring, bring it all together. So um, I'll please someone do one of their pets flying. Yes. I'd love to see that. That'll be great. That'd be great. Okay, fantastic. So very, very clever. All right. Um, so the next one, Val. This is my favourite. I love this one. So basically Gina has... A, you should have a look at the um, at the image. It's over at GinaMilitia.com. But basically, Gina's at home and it is, uh, you know, of her, the, the room in her house. And she is in front of the camera throwing a jar of Nutella at the camera. And so her arm is outstretched, outstretched as if she just flung it. And the jar of Nutella, which of course is you know, scraped empty because Gina can't help herself. Yeah. Um, the lid has fallen off and um, the, the, the jar of Nutella, both the lid and the jar are flying through the air as if towards the camera. It is such a good shot <laughs> and I love the way you've created it. And um, so you might think that, oh, you need a really fast shutter speed and you might have to protect the camera with some perspex or something so it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't hit the camera, but in fact, it is a lot calmer to achieve this shot than flinging a jar of Nutella at the camera. So take it away, Gina. Yeah, so <laughs> this is so sad. So that jar no. of Nutella, see how much is left there? Like That nothing. was the last of my t Nutella. So last night I've actually... You see how there's a little bit left? <laughs> that was licked clean last <laughs> oh <my> night. God. <laughs> I was that desperate. But, but Amazon deliver. Oh, Amazon deliver Nutella, so I'm I'm really? I'm, I'm safe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, for this image uh, to to create something like this, and again, you could do it with a camera, you could do it with a coffee, you could do it with books, you could do it with anything that like you know you identify with. This is a great um, 
selfie to have. It could even be your, um, you know, your Facebook uh, profile image or your, mm. you know, there's so much you can do with this and you can also do it with like, imagine photographing a, an athlete who's maybe a baseball player or um, a tennis player or something like that. You could have them throwing the tennis racket and the ball at the camera and getting that shot or a soccer ball or um, senior portraits, Val, where they're mm. holding the, like their, 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 um, baseball mitt and the ball so many different things you could use this technique for again mm-hmm. what you need a sturdy tripod very important it's important that all the the images that you take are absolutely uh exactly the same it just makes life uh at the end when you're in photoshop so much easier again you need a digital camera i've used um two light stands to uh, keep my product in place. You need wire or I actually used um, cello tape or as we call it, Aussie slang word, sticky tape <laughs> is what we yes. call uh, clear cello tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, you need a camera trigger for your selfies and Photoshop or something that will allow you to edit using uh, layers. So I think there are some other um, uh other types of software that will allow you to do that. So that's what you need. That's important. So the technique is, again, you want to plan your shot. So you think about the background and, again, use a simple background. I've just used my office here. Uh, that, that, that was uh, easy for me to do. And mm-hmm. I think um, using a wide lens for this sort of stuff uh, works best because it really forces the perspective because when you've got a wide lens, anything that's closer to the camera is going to appear much larger than anything is that is further away. So I think it, it really adds to the overall look of the image. So I was think shooting at about uh, 24 millimeter focal length for this image. So okay. here's the magic of this vowel. All right. So to create the uh, flying Nutella, what I've done is I've got two uh, light stands set up. And between the two light stands, what I've done is I've just got cello tape and wrapped it around between the two light stands so that the sticky side is facing the camera. And, and then what I've done is I've positioned the lid of the Nutella so that it looks like it's uh, come off and it's flying. And then I've uh, taped the Nutella jar on against the cello tape and so that in positioned it in such a way that it also looks like it was flying. So that's in the shot. And then I go ahead and I focus on the Nutella because that's the point of focus. So it's I focused on the word Nutella and, um, and then I turn off the autofocus. All right, very okay. crucial. So we've locked our focus. And I took a whole series of images where I, I uh, adjusted the, the, the angle of the cap. I adjusted the angle of the bottle. I think it's important that rather than having it straight on, doesn't look as good, you want to have the product on an angle so that it does look like it's flying towards you. So that, that positioning is really important. And I even like um, just would tweak them and give them a shake so they'd move and then just shoot. So I sort of tried to get more of an organic look to the shot, you know, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay, and then what I did, and this is just for position, I've got my camera app so that I'm, I, I can see with my 5D Mark IV, I can see on my iPhone where I am in relation to the camera frame. And so what I did there is there's a few examples where I just got behind the Nutella product and did a couple of practice throws where I'm... Um, 
throwing the, the look like I'm throwing the Nutella and I just worked out where the best hand position was and then mm-hmm. how far back I needed to be and I also then what I did is I put something on the floor as a marker and I also used um, a visual uh, eye line to know that okay my hand needs to be over like I was using uh, my door as a like the door handle as that's where my hand needs to finish to be in the right spot so you're lining everything up with this next shot but you're not actually going to use this shot what you're going to do is then the next step that's just to see where you should go the next step Val is you remove the products from the frame get yourself back into position and take a variety of shots of you throwing the product now you could you could do this as one frame where you've got the Nutella in the shot and you're behind it. But what it's going to mean is you've got all these um, uh, strings or cello tape going across your body in the shot that you're going to have to retouch out. And it's extra work. This way is a lot cleaner and easier to do. So what I've done is remove the products And then I take another variety of shots of just me in the frame pretending to throw it. So using all those visual cues of me and then I select the one that that looks the most dynamic. Mm. Then then you want to take a a few blank plates of the background only. And then what you're going to do is bring all your images into Photoshop as uh, as layers. And uh, then you can go ahead and just mask mask out so you bring your top layer will be the the product shot the second layer is the shot of just you on your own and the third layer just in case you need it is the uh the empty room set and what i do with the um the top layer is i just bring in a layer mask and uh cut out just uh take out the the cellophane so you can see in that the image in the show notes the uh, left-hand side is done and the right-hand side I haven't finished, but you can see that I, you just continue to mask out the cellophane and it, it reveals the background and there you are looking like a, a rock star who can throw, like, you know, anything you want and get it and capture the shot. So it's so uh, good. It's I love so, it. It's so effective and there's so many, you could do it with so many different things again someone could throw their kitty cat no you couldn't couldn't do it with an animal but like teddy bears like you got young young kids do it with their favorite uh doll or their favorite teddy bear or just have all their right yes you know uh their lego like lego bricks coming towards the camera and things like that you could do so many really cool things again this is stuff that you could use in your future portrait shoots completely next level little bit of extra work but this is the sort of stuff that's going to set you apart from all the other photographers out there yeah i love it absolutely love it um and you know give it a go everyone it's so much fun um along a similar vein is um floating food well levitating food so what jean has done is she's got a small plate which is on a wooden table and she's tried to make a sandwich but what she's done is that every layer of that sandwich is levitating so there's the first um slice of bread which is levitating about two inches above the plate and then an inch above that is some lettuce an inch above that is some really old cheese yeah really old cheese. inch above (laughs) that is some tomatoes and an inch above that is the top layer of the sandwich so um 
you won't get your jaws around this sandwich at this point because <laughs> it's, uh, it's all of them are levitating at different levels above the plate, um, but it makes for a cool shot. It does, and this is a great way to add life to your product photography, and this, again, could be done with oranges and eggs piled on top of each other. Again, mm. the sky, it's just limited by your imagination, so just try something simple as a starting point. This did my head in. We all know my, how I feel about food photography, Val. I've talked yeah, about good. this. I'm not, just not a fan because I just get frustrated. I don't have the patience, so this, this is me really uh, challenging my and exercising some patients but again same the equipment is the same you're going to need the tripod your digital camera a couple of light stands uh, some wire or clear tape or string I ran out of tape at this point so I had to um, go and use string and you want your camera uh, trigger and uh, again Photoshop so uh, and the camera trigger is if you want to be in the shot if you're just going to do the food then you can just shoot like old school like by pushing the shutter right Mm. so okay first of all you want to plan your shot and again simple background I've just used the uh, the back wall uh, here and uh, it's just a plain wall and there's a bit of uh, nice light sort of streaming in from outside so again this is all daylight that all these shots are done with daylight just to keep it all simple so the first thing you need to do is set up two light stands uh, either side of your set. So I've got like a, I actually had a, a breadboard put on a, um, a light stand that uh, will hold um, a, like a little table situation. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my light stands either side of the table. And then I actually used uh, some weights just to make sure that the, the light stands were nice and steady and they weren't going to fall over. And then I actually, I didn't have string, I had wool. I found some wool and I've wrapped it around um, the each of the light stands and you can see uh, where the lettuce is, Val. See how they're, they're, they're double? It's double, not one string, but it's two. So it's actually, I had my string going around the each light stand so that there's right. two, two lines of string so that you can actually balance the bread and the lettuce. Now, what I found and in thinking about this after the fact, and this is the great thing about the doing, every time you do something, you go, I know how to make this better. Next time Mm. I'm going to do it this way. So I know that next time I do this, my strings needed to be further apart because I had... I didn't have quite enough um, area to balance the bread on properly. So a couple of times okay. it would fall over. So just be aware of that and, um, you know, think about workarounds. And I think if you had also things that would make life so much easier is if you had some fishing wire instead of string because there's a little bit of retouching that we do at the end. So something like um, fishing wire would, would – um, fishing line – Uh, because Mm. it's clear, is going to make it a lot easier for you to do the editing later on. So there's just some of the things that I noticed as I was doing. But for this example, this works just fine. So you've got your your string and then you lay your bread. I've got bread, lettuce, three-month-out-of-date cheese that I thought, well, no one's going to eat it, so that'll work, the tomato and then another bit of bread. And then I've also tried to angle, and again, I had trouble because the food kept falling off, but I did try and angle it so that it wasn't all completely straight. I tried to have, like, different angles with the food, so it just had a bit more, looked a bit more dynamic, basically. Mm. And so, basically, you layer the items and then um, take a shot. So I've focused on the lettuce 
locked my focus and then turned the autofocus off and now that's the setup nothing is going to change camera settings nothing everything remains the same lay the items take the first shot then um, what you do is you remove all the products and just take a shot of the blank set okay so just the table I actually took the plate out I should have left the plate in but um, that's the background image and then what you want to do is uh, you take your, uh, your shots of the blank plates on the background. Now, mm-hmm. they're the two images that you need and you can merge those and create something beautiful. Now, for those of you who have been, who've listened to the light painting episode that we did last week, I talked about how you can add life to your product photography using simple light painting. Now, all of these techniques that we're learning along the way can all be combined together like I talked about you could have 15 flying versions of yourself with a levitating shot right based on using the um the techniques that I taught you in the um you know the cloning exercise right so you can also use the light painting to add a bit of life to the images so what I've done is uh before uh I took down the original set is I just got a um a little torch and I shined it on as a backlight on my uh mostly on the lettuce and the tomatoes just to add a few highlights because i can now screen that image in to that um my original shot and it's suddenly i've got highlights and it just takes my photography to the next level so that's just a a little suggestion if you want i've also seen people where you might want to add some splashes of water in the background as an another um uh great idea. empty set so that again sky is a limit you're only limited by your imagination you've got the time have a play with these techniques um and like for the uh on uh this week i've got no uh yeah i'll be doing this for the uh the goldies uh i've got tutorials for them as well so uh you'll be able to work through that but um so then all you do, Val, is the same as every other shot. You take all those image layers, like your background layer, the main layer, bring them into Photoshop and uh, just with a layer mask and you can see there's an image that shows you I'm halfway through, but you or basically you just remove the string and it reveals the, uh, the empty background and suddenly you've got this uh, floating food. And so then, good. And there's the final shot where I've, uh, you know, blended in that final layer where I've got the highlights on the lettuce and you get, you know, something like that. That's a very basic one. I'm sure you guys will be able to do something uh, a whole next level and, uh, you know, really looking forward to seeing what you can. And it's so fun and, it, you know, so easy to do. Mm. But there are so many principles that you can learn from particularly this week's episode and last week's episode where you can just come up with your own idea and um, it doesn't have to be levitating. It could be, you know, whatever. But just use these principles that you're learning and come up with your own sort of quirky thing that amuses me, like amuses you, like no doubt these clearly amuse Gina and, and take up her time. And this is like, Val, this is so crucial to your success as a photographer or in any discipline. It's that ability to learn to learn and to Mm. set yourself tasks rather than wait because it's like I see a lot of people waiting for that opportunity to shoot. Oh, I'm waiting for the right sunrise or I'm waiting for the right Mm. location or I'm waiting for the right model. But like you can learn so much just using yourself. You don't need, you know, if you're shy, you don't even need to share the photos, but just use yourself 
as as the model and uh, you know try, have a go at these techniques you will learn so much and again once you start doing it you'll go wait so how can i make this better all right now i want to try light painting and what what's this layer mask thing i need to find out more about this and how can i now make these images pop how can i get the colors and suddenly you're off and running and there's just like you could like I've never got enough time in the day for all the stuff that I uh, want to keep trying and learning. So t- take take this opportunity, give it a go. It's so much fun. So much fun. All right, we we can't wait to see what you come up with. So make sure that you go into the um, listener community on Facebook, search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and post your images. Can't wait to see what uh, everyone comes up with. It's just such a clever idea. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've reached the end of this week's episode. What are you doing in the coming week till we chat again? Oh, I've got so many more tricks up my sleeve, Val. I'm working on more um, more podcasts with some more challenges. <laughs> We've got a really fun one coming up that I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag just yet. And uh, I've got the uh, Ask Me Anything for the Goal community this week. And I'm also working on some new tutorials for those. So, yeah, lot, lots, oh, lots yes. going on. And I think it's the week after next or soon anyway, I'll be doing a tutorial on how to create create your own elevator pitch for the Unreal. gold for the gold community as well so make sure you check that out or join the Unreal. community if you are you doing to. that in spanish val because i'm you're not a big doing deal it in spanish. in spanish no no because we'd um, like to see that no <laughs> i don't know spanish but my book was translated into spanish yeah. and it's doing well in the spanish-speaking world i mean it did well in the, in the english-speaking world, yeah. world as well but um uh, I get a lot of, you know, emails from Spanish-speaking people. And um, an interesting fun fact with that is that I have a bunch of um, templates that you can download. And I didn't anticipate the book was going to be translated in Spanish. So <laughs> when you um, get the book, uh, there's a certain word in it. Like I say something like, oh, it's chapter five and it's the second word in chapter five. And that's the... Um, I've made that up, by the way, but and that's the that's the word you use to unlock all of these templates that you can get from my website. But I didn't realise that, of course, when you translate it into another language, it's a different word. Uh, so not only is it a different different word, but I then went to I bothered to find out what the Spanish word was yeah. for whatever. Um, and I made sure that that was uh, part of the password, you know, included in one of the passwords. But then it took me ages till finally somebody told me that the syntax, of course, in Spanish <laughs> is different. So it wasn't the second word. It was actually the fourth word or whatever. Oh, right. In that Spanish sentence, <laughs> in the Spanish sentence is a bit ridiculous. Anyway... Um, where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take this time to take your photography to the next level, then do join me in the Goal community. Over 250 tutorials. I'm in there all the time. I'd love to work with you and just look for, join the community at ginamilitia.com. That's Gary in the background. He's having a good old scratch. And a roll is around on the rug. Scratching his ghoulies? That's, that's Gina's dog. No, no, he's not dog. scratching his ghoulies. He's just having a rub, like, just just his back. He likes, you know, rolling okay, around yes. on the uh, the carpet. 
Jesus. Ghoulies are our <laughs> slang word of the week. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So Aussie slang of the week. Well, I think it's the Gina slang of the week, really. Is it? Ghoulies is, I don't is know. it Australian is slang? An, is... I don't even know how to get myself out of this, but I'll just uh, <laughs> I'll leave it there with you all. And, uh, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.